Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Building Lives International, located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter number 25, and we are going to look at the last parable, the parable of the net. Now, last time we were together, we talked about uh, the parable of the pearl. Uh, we've, uh, we talked about the, the parable of leaven. And again, what I have to keep reminding myself and, and others is that this is a Jewish Messiah speaking to a Jewish people about a Jewish kingdom. Cannot lose sight of that. Once we've lost sight of that, we're going to start giving bad interpretation to the scripture. And if you get bad interpretation, you're going to give bad application uh, to the scriptures. So each of these, you got to remember Jesus, Jew, coming, speaking to Jews about a Jewish kingdom, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, preaching. You know, he came to bring in the kingdom. They were looking for the kingdom. They expected him to bring the, bring in the kingdom. So we need to remember as he's giving these parables, everything that he says, we have to be in a, in a, we have to get in a Jew's mind's eye when he says these things. Like when he's talking about the, 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 the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. You know, obviously he's speaking to Jews here. You, you, you can kind of make some application to the church and to the Christian. But again, first and foremost, he's speaking to Jews when he speaks to the parable, the pearl of great value. And again, when he's seeking these beautiful pearls and given everything that he has to get it. Um, again, we need to remember who he's speaking to here. And we went over that last week or yesterday, I believe. And then verse number 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net, which was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it is full, they drew to the shore, set down, gathered the good and the vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world when the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto them, have you understood these things? And they said unto him, yea, Lord, then he said unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which brings forth good out of his treasure, things new and old. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Do ask that you go before us today. You bless the reading of your word. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to understand in Jesus' name. So obviously this parable of the dragnet concerns the final judgment. More specifically, it, it concerns the saved and the lost, those who received the message of the gospel of the kingdom and those who did not. Now, of course, we can jump forward to the church and the gospel of grace and talk about there will be judgment for those too. Who, and I believe it's the, you know, the same judgment in Revelation chapter number 19, when our Lord Jesus Christ comes, comes back and the great white throne judgment, he's going to judge those. Who, who did and did not. Um, so the Lord used a very common fishing example to teach his disciples about this judgment in the kingdom of heaven. It's just like, 
you know, I mean, today, when I give an example, I have to be very quick that my age does not come out. If I start referencing things like Gilligan's Island or, or something like that, that my young audience cannot relate to, it's, it's a worthless illustration. It, why? Because it is not relevant. It is not relative to them. They have nothing to compare and contrast it with. So our Lord speaking to uh, men who are very familiar with fishing, very familiar, very familiar with, with uh, using a net, it meant something to them. So he used a very common fishing technique to teach us, teach them another aspect of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in this parable, the fisherman cast the net into the sea. And of course, we remember in John chapter 21, it talks about them going fishing. You know, they had this long net that they threw out and then they would drag it to the shore to count and sort the catch. Some of what they caught was good and some of what they caught was not. And again, we must use expositional constancy. In this parable, the fish represent those who accepted the message that the Lord and the apostles taught, and the bad are those who rejected the message that the Lord and the apostles taught. So in verse number 47, the Lord speaks of a net that he uses to catch men. Now, immediately to a Jew, he would have went back to the Old Testament scriptures uh, as well. In Ezekiel twelve thirteen, my net also will I spread upon them and he shall be taken in my snare. Uh, Ezekiel 32, 3, thus saith the Lord God, I will therefore spread out my net over thee with a company of many people and they will bring, and they shall bring thee up in my net. So they knew from, from real experience what he was talking about in regards to the net and they could relate it back to the Old Testament. Thus, when we began, when he, when he began his ministry, he chose men who could use a net. You'll remember in, uh, in Matthew chapter number four and verse number 18, then Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea. Why? Because they were fishermen. And then we go back and we see the sea itself. They were casting a net into the sea. Obviously, while the, well, no doubt they were familiar with the real sea that they were fishing from, it's also in a metaphorical sense. This, this sea represents, if you will, the mass of humanity that will one day, one day be judged. And notice it says every kind uh, that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. No one is exempt from judgment, whether they be good or whether they be bad. Again, in, in Matthew uh, chapter number 25, um, Matthew 25, verse number 32, we see the final judgment. Uh, it says, all the nations shall be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And so instead of saying good fish and bad fish in Matthew 25, he talks about uh, sheep and goats, sheep being good, goats being bad, right? <laughs> all right. It's early. Uh, and then notice the shore. In verse number 48, they were brought to the shore. Um, the shore is the place where the net would end up when the fishing was over. It was the place where the fish were to be sorted out in front of the fishermen. In Matthew 25 again, and verse number 31, 
And when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the holy angels with him, he will sit down on his throne and all the nations will be laid out or gathered before him and he will separate them. He'll set the sheep on his right. He'll put the goats on his left. Again, this parable is looking at the final judgment. And then he'll sit down just like the king on his throne and he will judge the nations. Uh, again, Matthew twenty-five thirty-one, when he will sit on the throne of his glory. And then he'll separate it between the good and the bad. The good are gathered into vessels. And this is like the blessed that will inherit the kingdom that was prepared for them in Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the bad, in the same verse, uh, he says, For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And in verse number 41, he speaks to the bad. Then he will say unto those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was hungry, you didn't give me anything. I was thirsty, you did not give me anything to drink. And in Matthew twenty-five forty-six, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And then notice also, it says that the angels will be present with him. And even and in Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 31, he points out the very same thing. And when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, the angels will be there. They are the ones who will sever the wicked from the just. And then in verse number 15, it speaks of the furnace of fire. Now, obviously, this furnace of fire is a place of judgment, and it's a place of judgment for the bad. It is the pla a place of judgment for the goats, for those who rejected the message. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And we see here, this fire was originally prepared for the devil and his angels, but just like they rebelled against the authority of God and are punished, so too will men who rebel against the authority of God be punished. And then Jesus, after he's completed this, they're totally relating to what he's saying. He asked them, do you understand what you just heard? And their response was yes. It amazes me as I study the disciples uh, we are so much like them in so many ways that they caught some things quite easily that the Lord said and others they didn't catch quite so easily. For example, in Matthew chapter number 17, when it's talking about John the Baptist, you know, they came to him and said, well, what about John? Uh, they, the, some of the scribes say that Elijah has to come first. So what's the deal with John? And Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is going to be the one to come first, and he will restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but they did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understand, ha ha, he's talking about John the Baptist. You see, John the Baptist could have fulfilled the last prophecy in the book of Malachi, the, the servant that would come and say, Prepare for the way of the Lord. 
but instead you killed him. In other words, he could have been Elijah. He could fulfill the role of Elijah if you would have accepted his message, but you didn't. You killed him and now you're going to kill me. You see, they got it. It was an aha moment. And then also in Matthew chapter number 16, we see kind of another aha moment in the life of the disciples. I love aha moments. You know, I love teaching young people and even old, but young just seem to be so much more, um, alert, I guess so much more, um, open to things. I think the older we get, the more closed we get, the more crusty we get. Um, and I think that's unfortunate. I think we become calloused to the things of, of God many times because we've just heard so much and so much of it is bad and some of it's good, but then it gets all mixed together and the aha moments can be just a little fuzzy now for, but for young people or babes in Christ, you just see the light bulb turn on and it's awesome experience when they turn around and look at each other all wide-eyed. But in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number six, and then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they immediately reasoned among themselves, it's because we brought no bread. You see, they went straight to the physical. But Jesus being aware of that said, oh, you have little faith. Why do you reason among yourselves because you have no bread? Don't you understand or remember the five loaves, the 5,000, and how many baskets you took up, or the seven loaves, or the 4,000, or how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I speak to you, not concerning bread, but beware of the leaven? You remember when we looked at the parable of the leaven? It's not the gospel, okay? It's not the gospel being propagated and filling the whole earth. It's the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood what that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, actual bread, but of the bad doctrine of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then he goes on and says, okay, you understand this. You've been instructed. Now you are responsible to share this message with others. And understand the disciples, the apostles continue to share that message. I believe all the way up to and even beyond Pentecost. And I know that'll confuse some folks, but I believe they still were looking for Israel to repent. And I believe had Israel repented, the Lord would have returned and established his kingdom. But Israel did not repent. God raised up the apostle Paul, the gospel of grace, the church was born. So we are still waiting for the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven to be established upon earth. Uh, so interesting. Next time we get together, we're going to talk about our Lord's homecoming. And understand, if you have any questions, please feel free to communicate with me wherever this message is posted, whatever platform. I'll be happy uh, to talk with you, Father. Well, listen, God bless you guys. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of guest speaking, conferences, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you.